Hey, I get it. I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Is your main event, Mark's podcast, brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network and the Belly Up Sports Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and with me as always, he is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the main event collector. He is a Rey Mysterio Jr. to my Billy Kidman, that filthy animal, Greg. What's up, Greg? I had to be the guy from San Diego. Well, yeah, I mean, doesn't doesn't it fit? I mean, like, you know. I hate the Chargers, even though they're not there anymore. But <laughs> Good Lord. Had, didn't uh, he have a, a couple outfits that were, like, Charger colors? He did, and regrettably, I kind of liked them. <laughs> Look, I'll be honest. I like the Chargers color scheme. I'm not against that. I just hate the oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like the way the Ravens, you know, they're. I, I was always like, man, there's anything I can say good about the Ravens. I kind of think their colors are cool. Yeah, right? But other than that, F them. Also, we can't say watch your classic wrestling, dude. We got copyrighted. I kind of feel proud of that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. To anybody out there, you may have seen, if you follow us on social media, I have a WWE, uh, you know, Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia t-shirt out Had. there or design. Oh, no, that, oh, that's still out oh, sorry. there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Other one. And then then the e, and then I have an ECW one out there that's uh, Encyclopedia of Classic Wrestling. And then I put one that said uh, Watcher of Classic Wrestling, WCW. That one got flagged by the WWE as copyright. So what really made me laugh is the WCW logo you used. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, was it was not a, the classic purple ones. No, it is a <laughs> it, it's kind of a parody of it was handmade by me, but it's to, it's made to look like the WWE version of the WCW logo. You know, the one that WCW never actually used themselves. Uh, but yeah, and, and it's not the same. It's different. I changed it up a little bit, and like I said, I made it myself. I didn't copy and paste, but uh, somehow that still got flagged for copyright. I'm going to change it up a little bit, see if I can get that out there. If any of you want to follow, go to our Redbubble store. Uh, you know, we, we advertise it. Stick around for the, the uh, first break. We'll, uh, we'll let you know where to go, where to find all of our merchandise. Uh, we've sold a few things already, so uh, thank you to everybody who listens and buys and all that good stuff. I uh, appreciate it very much, but yeah, also, one more, also, one more thing. If we're ever going to rip off a logo, that's not going to be the one I choose. I'm just going to put that out there. Right. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, man, today we're talking about Fall Brawl 1999. When I booked the show, I, I never seen it before, so I went into this blind, not knowing what and I was doing. And you still wish you hadn't. 
Yeah, pretty much. Not to ruin later ratings and whatever. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And whatever, we're getting this one out of the way now. And, hey, don't tune out because there's some interesting stuff to talk about on the show for sure. And, you know, we'll we'll get into the historic value of some of this stuff or lack thereof <laughs> here soon. Um, but TJ's being liberal with words today. <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to take our normal pause right here and just let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Fanatics. Get all your uh, officially licensed sports gear for your favorite teams, leagues, players, all at fanatics.com. And click on the link down in the podcast description. We're going to talk more about them in the upcoming breaks. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of sports that are going on right now. So definitely go get your sports gear now. They've got daily deals over at Fanatics. And when you check out, let them know that the main event marks and the Unhinged Sports Network sent you. Also, we are excited to announce our new sponsorship from Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code Main Event Marks, all one word, no spaces, for 15% off your order. That's Main Event Marks at checkout at swiftlifestyles.com. And if you are listening on the podcast feed, first of all, thank you. We very much appreciate your downloads. And uh, we ask that you please leave a five-star review, leave some feedback, and please subscribe. Think about subscribing and encourage others to subscribe. You know, not a lot of people are out there doing a whole lot of uh, made-by-fan, for-fan, retro wrestling stuff it's it's usually current, so we try to go back in time and bring you the best fan-made content on retro wrestling possible. So please think about subscribing and let people know. Spread the word about the main event, Marks, and what we're doing here. And you can also catch us live multiple times a week on Radio Unhinged, baby. You can go to unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We debut our brand new episode live Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And we got uh, an immediate replay at 9.30 Eastern, uh, 6.30 Pacific. That is unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We got replays throughout the week, Thursdays, Fridays, and Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Again, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We are live. Anyway, now that we're done... Uh, Let me know about all those great products. Definitely uh, hang around. After this break, we're going to get into the news and notes right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the Main Event Marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo, on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official Main Event Mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. Now we're back. Before we dive into the news and notes, I want to remind you that Yeats aims to provide the most unique and high-quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price that's built from – oh, crap. They're built from the latest manufacturing techniques. Yeats shades are made from – for comfort, durability, and big Yeats moments. And on top of that, a percentage of all the profits go towards beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision. Go to yeatsofficial.com and use the promo code BELLYUPPOD to save 10% at checkout. That's Y-E-E-T-Z-official.com and use that promo code BELLYUPPOD. That's B-E-L-L-Y-U-P-P-O-D. And save yourself 10% at checkouts. It's Yeats, baby. Uh, time to get into the news and notes here. The, uh, you know, last week we started the trend, the unfortunate trend again that we had going for a while of death at the beginning of every show. Yeah, right. Well, we got some more this week. And if anybody actually watched Fall Brawl 1999, you know who it is. Beloved referee Brian Hildebrand passed away at the age of 37 after a long battle with stomach cancer. 37, dude. Yeah, I know. That's, uh, he looked, I don't know, he looked older, maybe it was the stash, but, man, that, that really sucks. Uh, what, was, he was, uh, Brian Curtis, right? Was, was it Brian or Mark? Mark Curtis, that's yeah. it, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mark Curtis, the referee, uh, his, his middle name was actually Curtis, so I don't know where the Mark came from. Maybe he was one. <laughs> man, maybe. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's like, a more show, so it's not a shot. Everyone thinks that is. Yeah, you know, right. Not. Well, check this out. He, I, I had made mention to you about this off, um, uh, off air last week, but he occasionally wrestled as Cowabunga, fully costumed like a Ninja Turtle. <clears throat> yeah. He was, uh, nicknamed the Where? where? Huh? Where? Uh, in Smoky Mountain Rustling. Alright, like, I don't remember that ever, but I didn't watch Smoky Mountain, so okay. Yeah. And he did some work as a ref in ECW. I did not know that. But... I feel like I saw him on there once and thought it was him. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess he did in... Uh, after Smoky Mountain Wrestling closed in 1995, he went on to work as a referee in ECW under his real name. After leaving ECW, he went on to work as referee Mark Curtis in World Championship Wrestling. Apparently, I didn't know this because they had made mention of his nickname on the show, uh, on Fall Brawl here, but he earned the nickname The Shooter after a fan attempted to interfere in a match between Psychosis and Dean Malenko on the September 8th, 1997 edition of Nitro. As, I remember this. As the invading fan slid under the bottom rope to enter the ring, Hildebrand, who happened to have 
uh, glanced over just as a man jumped the guardrail, kneed the fan in the face, and placed the man in a guillotine choke and held him there until WCW security could take him into custody. Holy cow. I think there was another incident with Macho Man, and I think he might have stopped the fan then, too. That's awesome. Well, apparently, after this incident, Bobby Heenan said, the smallest referee in the world just took him down. (laughs) (laughs) He was about my size, by the way. He's 5'6 and 145, or was 5'6 and 145 pounds. Mother of God. Oh. Yeah, so he was about my size. Surprised one man gang didn't eat him for lunch. (laughs) Good Lord. Maybe he was nice to him. Oh, he was also, his likeness was used as the cartoon referee in WCW NWO Revenge. I had that game. I don't remember that. I, well, I mean, you know, I thought I was paying attention to the ref, to be fair. Yeah, right. It's not not like you looked over. You were like, wait a minute, that's Mark Curtis. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, an unfortunate story here after that one. More unfortunateness. And that's not even a word. Making up words here on the show, people. So uh, we do. We're right. writing our own dictionary. It's coming out this fall. Get it for Christmas. Right. Yeah, the Mark Dictionary. Uh, but Dr. That, sounds like a, that sounds like a horrible wrestling name. Mark Dictionary. <laughs> Good grief. Hey, that's uh, Damian Sandow's new name when he debuts in AEW. Isn't he already in NWA? Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, I think he's going by his real name, Aaron Stevens or whatever the hell. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Joel Hackett is under investigation for illegally distributing drugs to wrestlers. It has been confirmed that the somas that Louis Spicoli died from were prescribed by Hackett. Hackett also provided drugs to Brian Pillman. Uh, while Pil- when Pillman was found dead in 1997, police found eight different prescription bottles in his possession, though his death was not ruled an overdose. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, Pillman heavily used HGH, prescribed by a different doctor, but quit taking it when he could no longer afford it. There's also a third dead wrestler who reportedly received drugs from Hackett, though it's still unknown who that was. At the scene of Spicoli's death, they found somas as well as steroids prescribed by Hackett. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. What's that comedian's name, Buddy Wackett? Good lord. Well, in medicine... We got the, guy... we got the, we got the Tommy Boy Irvin scene early this week, there we go. Yeah, right. Uh, apparently, this guy... Holy cow. First thing, when you search for this guy, <laughs> the first thing that comes up is his nickname was Dr. Feelgood. Holy crap! Yeah, they nicknamed him that because of all the drugs he prescribed, apparently. Uh, I feel bad laughing because I know this is funny, but wow. Good yeah. Lord. Check this out. Wrestling doctor charged on 48 counts. This is by IGN. This was back in uh, 2001 he was charged. Indianapolis physician Dr. Joel Hackett was charged today on 48 counts. Uh, according to According to WrestlingObserver.com, 24 of those counts are for making false statements and prescriptions, while the other 24 are for controlled substance fraud and deceit. He is linked to the deaths of at least two wrestlers, Brian Pillman and Louis Piccoli. He is said to be responsible for another wrestler's death as well, but that person's name has not been made available. Yikes, man. But I don't know if he got charged, because when you search for him, you find the address to his business, like his his practice in Indianapolis. There's a good chance that... um... They just couldn't prove it, you know. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not defending the son of a bitch. Don't get me wrong, but it's like at the same time, these wrestlers came to him for the stuff. He wasn't like shoving it down anyone's throats. Now, he was giving it to him, right? But like, they were going for it. So you know, you got to look at all sides to be fair. <clears throat> I'm wondering if 
I don't know if this is the same guy. Uh, I don't know. This, what did I say? Uh, Joel Hackett. Yeah, there's, there's a Joel Hackett that passed away in Indianapolis in 2006, but it doesn't say if it's the same guy. I don't know. Uh, if somebody can clear that up, I don't know if that's just a weird coincidence or what. Oh, don't worry. Someone will. <laughs> right. Uh, WCW is still planning on doing a pay-per-view on New Year's Eve, co-promoting it as a full Kiss concert. WCW already has pay-per-view on 11 days before that. Yeah, that would never happen. Right, yeah. That was supposed to be New Year's Evil. And if anybody listens to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, he wanted to do, like, uh, he, he wanted to do it at a football stadium. I know that. Yeah, yeah, one end zone was going to be a ring, the other end zone was going to be a stage, right? Right, yeah, well, I think the ring was, like, supposed to be, like, set up in the in the center, and, the, like, the, the actual, like, wrestling stage was going to be on one side, and then the kiss stage was going to be on the other side. Uh, yeah, so basically, like, what you were saying. And then, yeah, he, sa- he said it was supposed to be, like, match, song, match, song. Now, also, I don't know if this happened before or after, but Kiss ended up doing a performance on Nitro, where they introduced the demon. I don't remember right. if it's before or after. I want to say it was before. Mm. Well, I know... Like before uh, this was... What I mean by is it was before this was supposed to happen. So. Right. Well, somebody somebody pointed out, or I, it might have been Uncle Dave, he was talking about... Um, you know, oh, they, then I'm going to just tune out now. Wow. Well, he was talking about how, you know, it all fell through and whatever. He's like, eh, it might be for the best. It's not like Kiss is exactly setting the woods on fire in 1999. Like, it's, still, it's still Kiss, though. I know. It's like, uh, it's a legendary. That, that's like saying, well, you know, I mean, it's it's, two th- it's 2021. Who wants to see Ozzy Osbourne perform? It's like, he's a freaking legend. But anyway... Insane Clown Posse member Violent J is no longer doing a moonsault after being confronted by Hugh Morris about using the move. Never thought I'd say that sentence, but... Correct uh, me wrong, Violent J was the uh, the overweight one, right? Yeah, yeah, the one with the spiky so, hair. Yeah, that makes sense, because that was Hugh Morris's thing. He was a 300-pound guy doing moonsaults, and I guess Vader didn't count, apparently, but whatever. <laughs> right. Oh, Vader was 400, okay. There we go. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, well, Violet J actually wrote about this in his book, saying that he came backstage after doing it, and Hugh Morris was throwing a fit, kicking over trash cans and such. Eric Bischoff came up to ICP and said, don't do the moonsault anymore. Hugh Morris is the only big guy that does moonsaults. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I guess. I get it. They didn't have, like, multiple big dudes doing that move at a time, and uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't think... Look. I might get to me for this, but does anybody really give a damn about Hugh Morris or the ICP? Is anybody watching these matches? <laughs> hey, man. Uh, people, like, they tried to make you give a damn about Hugh Morris. I never did, but at least they tried. I, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Guilty Pleasure liked the MIA. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the Undertaker's pulled groin injury is so bad that he's having trouble walking and even putting clothes on, so he was given the weekend off of house shows. Oh, well, that's charitable of him. And he's about <laughs> to disappear until Judgment Day 2000. Do you remember what the actual injury was that he had? Was it the... I don't remember, honestly. I don't remember, I don't, I don't remember them saying he's gone. I don't remember him being, like, like beaten up by somebody and taken off. I, I just remember him, like, he's just gone. Like right. he had that team with Big Show, and then he was gone. 
Big Show became champion, Undertaker's wherever, and he would show up on the bike at Judgment Day 2000 during the Iron Man match. That's my whole knowledge of that whole time, at least TV-wise. Sorry, right. I didn't read all the gossip reports, and someone's going to get mad at me for that, but I don't <laughs> like doing that. But going off of what I've seen on TV, uh, I watch every single show every single week, just as I do now. So that was it. They didn't write him off, really. Well, Unless says, my memory is completely shot, but I feel like they didn't. Well, they said um, he was, you know, treating this groin injury at the time. He didn't return to action, actually, until December 14th. So I don't think uh, he was ever on TV, though. Said he uh, made his return to action on December 14th, teaming with Viscera in a losing effort against Kane and Godfather at a house show in uh, Cuomo, or Cuomo, Puerto Rico. Uh, the Undertaker was advertised on the Armageddon promotional uh, poster to return, but meanwhile also tore his pectoral muscle, making him take almost eight months out of action. So that was probably obviously the, oh, they're in Puerto Rico, they need him to do it. That's going to be yeah. my guess. I don't know, I don't know. But, uh. yeah. Cause they only go there like once a year, and right. And and the thing was, it's like, so did he come back for this one match and get seriously hurt, or did he get hurt after the match? It doesn't really specify. There with Viscera, and apparently he's well, he hurt a lot of people. Yeah, and that was his teammate in the, yeah, <laughs> in the match yeah. too. So. <laughs> uh, somebody who's scheduled to return, by the way, the British Bulldog is scheduled to re-debut in the WWF at the October UK pay-per-view. Which that reminds does. me, I got to pick up that new figure of him in the jeans from this era. Wait, they they came out with a new one of him in the jeans? Yeah, he comes with the big boss man, the SWAT outfit. Oh wow, that's awesome. It's a it's a, it's a two base it's a basic two pack, but I need that bulldog. That's the only way to get that bulldog from Mattel. Yeah, right. Oh hey, I have that uh, that boss man as a Jax figure, so there's that. X Pac is being sued for five hundred thousand dollars by a man in Wisconsin who claimed he was attacked by X Pac for asking for an autograph. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know the results of that lawsuit. Uh, that's, that's a lot of money, man. How dare you ask me for an autograph, you SOB? Yeah, right. I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna knock the crap out of you. What are you, what are you a fan? You're a dime a dozen. They probably settled it out of court. He got his autograph and a couple of bucks and some front row tickets. I don't know. Yeah, right. WWF tried to get Shawn Michaels to renegotiate his contract with them, but it didn't work. Michaels is still collecting his $750,000 per year guarantee, despite not wrestling in a year and a half, and only appearing on TV periodically since then. But Michaels' feeling is that he was injured in the ring, thus he didn't feel that he should have to renegotiate new terms, so he refused, and WWF is stuck paying him. Okay, two things. Number one, he was not injured in the ring. He was injured yeah. getting thrown out of the ring. Yeah, somebody I else was, made that point, too. I was there. Yeah, I hate you for that, by the um, way. And number two, he would return, but not in the ring, at Judgment Day 2000. Wow, that's all come up twice. Yeah, right. So Somebody made that point, point. they're like, well, technically he was injured in midair flying out of the <laughs> ring, but whatever. You know, uh, semantics. Uh, check this out, man. Uh, this week's episode of WWF SmackDown. Sorry, the- whenever you say check this out it usually turns out to be very bad so let me pace myself this actually isn't bad it's more just like kind of seeing where where it is all these years ago but this week's episode of wwf smackdown saw the ratings drop half a point from last week's debut it's interesting because raw is always the number one rated show every week on cable but the uh, but on network tv smackdown was ranked 73 out of 122 shows in prime time something tells me smackdown will be just fine 
it's also what second third episode you just said or yeah second yeah second episode which is you know i mean this is a technically it's the third actually to be fair because the first one aired in may i think it was or june oh really yeah yeah they did a test run in april with it and they became a show later that year no okay see i don't remember that one but yeah so that that's another big thing around this time is uh smackdown becoming a thing bro it's too much bro i gotta leave (laughs) it really is the reason he left though apparently it was too much he said it himself so i'm going off of what i heard the idiot say oh yeah yeah he put it in his book i mean it's been confirmed by multiple people he said he wanted to pay uh russo by the way for any people that haven't picked up on the hints uh vince russo (laughs) he said he wanted a pay raise uh because he's like well if i'm working uh you know on an extra show i should get extra money which i'm not gonna say i don't see nothing wrong with that yeah i don't totally disagree with him on that and uh and his other thing was he's like well i should also be compensated because i'm spending a lot of time away from home and you know uh my you know, I never see my kids and my wife wants to work or, you know, whatever. And I guess Vince McMahon said, well, I don't see what the problem is. You make enough money, you just hire a nanny. And wow. apparently and apparently, Vince Russo just, like, got really upset about that. And that's why he quit. I don't know, man. It takes a special kind of person. Yeah. I mean, it takes a special kind of person. It, it really does. And I don't know. It Like, Bruce Pritchard was talking about that. He was like... Well, I mean, we had to hire an au pair at my house. <laughs> Conrad roasted him about that. He was like, you know, you're living a certain kind of lifestyle and in a certain tax bracket when you use the word au pair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which is man. funny because uh, Bruce Pritchard sounds like the most hick dude from Houston, Texas. But he's yeah. only like one step below Conrad, really. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and, and Conrad sounds like a big hick, but apparently he lives a big mansion he makes like damn good money too oh, yeah he lives in the conradison hell yeah apparently he's got an elevator that's just to his freaking collection room yeah right uh and i remember the, the what, what i was thinking wasn't smackdown the reason that um thunder kind of tucked tailed and ran to another night yeah but it did multiple times though it went against smackdown and went to wednesday and then it went back to thursday i believe it was on tuesday for a minute <sighs> i feel like nitro's on every night but monday <laughs> Or yeah, sorry, I, I feel like Thunder was on every night, but Monday. I just yeah, right. And didn't Nitro eventually move to Tuesdays right before it died? I had a couple of Tuesday showings, but I believe it was because of the NBA. Ah, okay. I don't think it ever that moved, moved to Tuesday. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, speaking of things working out just fine for them, the future of UFC looks bleaker than ever due to even more financial cutbacks, and no signs that pay-per-view providers are going to take them back anytime soon. UFC owner Bob Mirowitz, Mirowitz, I don't know, seems to be focused on his new internet radio startup, IATA.com. <laughs> Never heard of it. Uh, then he oh, does. Oh, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure it did well. Uh, but he seems more focused on that than he does on UFC these days. Uh, there are people who are interested in buying the company, and even the WWF has made inquiries about it, but nothing even remotely serious. When was it? You said 2001 that they sold to the Zufa brothers? You like it was 2001? Yeah, and was Dana White had hair? <laughs> right. So was it? Uh, I was always confused about that. Was was Dana White just like 
under the Zufa brothers or was he part of the I Persian? think it's uh, – well, Zufa's name of the company, by the way. Uh, they were the Fertitta brothers. Um, oh, duh. Uh, but brothers. I believe he was a friend of theirs and they had him run it while they banked it or bankrolled uh. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. After after a long battle of securing sanctions, SEG stood on the brink of bankruptcy when Station Casino's executive Frank and Lorenzo Fertitta and their business partner Dana White approached them in 2000 with an offer to purchase UFC. A month later, in January 2001, Fertitta bought the UFC for two million dollars. Two million, and they sold it for like two billion. Yeah. Holy what the crap. crap? Yeah. Like holy cow, that's freaking chump change. <laughs> Wow, I didn't know that part. Oh. Yeah, right? Like, that's cheaper than what uh, Vince bought WCW for, I think. God, you want to talk about return on your investment? Holy crap. I know, right? Like, hot damn, dude. Uh, you, you know they got to be Scrooge McDuck in it now, just like diving into a pool full of gold coins. Right? Ah, hell. Uh, WCW recently released several wrestlers, and Paul Heyman is said to be interested in a few of them, especially Super Callow. He's also willing to use Mikey Whipwreck again on a part-time basis, but said that he doesn't want to bring him back as a main star again because he doesn't want to send a message that people can just leave ECW, go to WCW or WWF, flop, and then come crawling back and have a guaranteed spot. Yeah, yeah about um, that. <laughs> is that what Paul Heyman's done, like, multiple times? Yeah. It's like... Himself? Dude, yeah, right. It's like, dude, um... You ever hear of that old saying, uh, beggars can't be choosers? Like, you get what you get, man. Let's also be fair, he did not bring him back as a top star. Right. Oh, Mikey Whipwreck was never going to be a top star. So that's for, those the idiots in, for those idiots in that arena, they might have. I mean, he was a, t- a star, but... Let's remember, the word top star in ECW is very loose. Yeah, well, and I'm not even going to make a joke about that, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sandman... <laughs> Sandman is also interested in coming back to ECW, but Heyman has flat out said that he doesn't want him back because he was upset that Sandman basically quit ECW without notice and didn't even have the courtesy to give Heyman a phone call or let him know he was gone. How's that going to work out? Yeah, right. Uh, For anybody that doesn't know that you're like, wait, wait, uh, where did Sandman go? He went to WCW for like a minute and he was hardcore hack. He certainly was a hardcore hack. Yeah. Uh, I he came out wrapped in barbed wire. He was smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, so he was basically he the same that, guy. <laughs> he had that, that porn star with him. Was uh, uh, Raven's oh, sister, Chastity. Oh, oh he had ch- he had Chastity with him for a minute. I feel like. Mm. Yeah. I don't remember. I just remember the first time I saw him. I was like, that looks like the Sandman. And I, I and swear I, to God, I knew who the Sandman was, but even watching him on Nitro, I didn't realize that was him. <laughs> yeah, it took me a minute. I was uh-huh. like, it looks like the Sandman, but they're calling him Hardcore Hack. Uh, one of my one of my only memories of him there was that night he came out with a cigarette and Bischoff was back in WCW, at least back on TV. And he was like kind of a face and he was doing commentary and he got out of the commentary chair and got in the ring, started using authority. But even though it was being played, like Bischoff was just an announcer again. So... If you, follow, if you can follow all that. Yes, that's what I remember. He got in the ring, and like, you had to stop smoking and all this stuff. It became a thing, and never went Think about the children. <laughs> you don't remember? Do that was our truth, that? right? Yeah, yeah. Somebody screamed that in the crowd. Think about the children. Like, what the hell? Did you get a lot of trouble? For, or they got a lot of trouble for that because you're not allowed to do that in England? It was in England. I remember that. You're just I, not allowed. I mean, it's it's against the law to smoke in a building. 
period. I think that's anywhere. Like except in, even except in, in Vegas. Right. Wait, you can smoke indoors in Vegas? Dude, every freaking casino room was smoking cigarettes. Hell yeah. Wow, I had no idea. I thought yeah. it was outlawed everywhere. Hell they no. Finally, they finally outlawed it in Kentucky uh, a few years ago. Anyway, to continue on with this, uh, they also had some legal issues over money after Sandman left, so there's some bad blood there. Heyman says that he has uh, he has to set a precedent that you can't just walk out on ECW and then come back like nothing happened. Spoiler! Sandman uh, shortly yeah, after. Yes, you could. <laughs> right. I know. It's like, what the hell were you going to do? Uh, Heyman also I will said, sign him for $5 less and one less six-pack of beer, sir. Yeah. I will have you know, sir, I will give you a check that bounces. And the only difference is it will be for less money that bounces. Hell, all he wanted was a keg, dude. He want cash. Yeah, right. Uh, I will downgrade you from Bud Light to Pabst Blue Ribbon. Man, he might as well kick his ass at that point. <laughs> yeah, right. Heyman also said that he he was done with Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch. Uh, Candido is no longer under contract anyway, but Sitch still is. Uh, though Heyman said that he would gladly release her if she can get a job anywhere else, and he doesn't intend to stop her from working elsewhere. Oh no, what are you going to do without Tammy and Chris Candido? You would uh, stick to that, because they would be in WCW very soon. That's right, I forgot. Wait, Tammy went to WCW? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that. I knew Chris was there. Uh, I did not know that Tammy went. So, uh, was she there long? I don't. Think I don't so. think so. Yeah. Well, you know, she's got to get prepped for you know her eventual porn debut. So there's that. Good lord. <laughs> I know. For anybody out there, apparently it was way past this. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, but next week's ECW show on TNN will feed, will air footage of a match from Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn that happened last week, but TNN people were very upset about it because the match wasn't filmed with the TNN crew and doesn't have the production values that they want from ECW, which made me laugh. I thought... Uh, go ahead, after. But Heyman argued with them that the match should air, and TNN finally relented and let him have his way. I remember hearing him tell a story, I think it was on the rise and fall of ECW... But they made him air that match. Hmm. They said their first their first show, they, they didn't want it, and the theme was too satanic, and they <laughs> made him air that. Wow. Something like that. I haven't watched that documentary in forever, but... Well, I knew, yeah, I knew they had to air something else for their first episode, but this, I, I don't think this was their first episode. I think this was down the line. Uh, just like a random episode of ECW, but I don't know. Either way, you either believe Paul Heyman or Uncle Dave, and you can't believe either one. So, what you gonna do? Ah, there's Shame. a choice, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, how do you want to? How do you want to die? Jump off a bridge or get some other? You know. <laughs> wow. Shane Douglas recently claimed that ECW owes him one hundred forty thousand oh, dollars. Um, man, that's a random number. Yeah, I don't know. It's a random number is all. Yeah, right. Well, Heyman says that that's exaggerated and says that the real number number is actually less than $40,000 and that ECW is making payments to Douglas on a payment schedule that both sides agreed to. He said Douglas claimed $140,000 or claiming $140,000 is false and slanderous. If I may have another volley, sir. And How also dare be you soil the good name of Paul Heyman and ECW? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 
Yeah, go get paid by Turner, man. Shut the hell up. Yeah, they're going to go make the uh, the revolution. <laughs> yeah, right. Despite being the new ECW Tag Team Champions, neither Raven nor Tommy Dreamer are in any shape to be wrestling right now and are mostly just doing quick spots with DDT finishes at house shows. Dreamer still has back issues but decided against surgery, and Raven, during the late 90s, was pretty much always just one big walking injury. Didn't, like, one of those things they used to talk about on commentary was he had so many ankle surgeries that he had to have, like, a lift in his shoe? Yeah, he, uh, he got so much of his ankle removed and actually shortened one leg. So I believe that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he kept doing to his ankles, man. Like, damn. Uh, speaking of Raven, though, I his... I forgot they were attack champions. I think they just... Didn't they get them because the Dudleys were on the way out? <laughs> I, did they beat the Dudleys? They did, yeah, randomly. Dreamer needed a partner, and Raven yeah. showed up back from WCW, and... Yeah, the yeah. lights went out, the lights came back on, Raven was there, and yeah, because I, th- I think it was just uh, Dreamer to start off, and nobody had showed up, and then, like, at the end of the match, he randomly, like, the lights go out, come back on, boom, here's Raven, I think he hit the DDT, pinned him, and yay, they win. Oh so my I, god, Dreamer and Raven, I can't believe it, it was kind of a yeah. shocking thing, even back then, like, you know, it was, because there was a blood feud for years, so... Right, and Ra- well, and plus Raven was just in WCW not too long before this. Yeah, and in one year from now, he'd be debuting in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, I know. Uh, speaking of Raven, his one-year contract with ECW is for $150,000. Good luck on getting that, uh, which is about I half. just said he went to WWE after in a year, so yeah, he probably yeah, didn't right. get it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's about half of what he made in WCW, but there are upsides because the contract also gives him full medical coverage and cuts of other revenue like merch sales. Plus, he's only booked to work 12 shows per month, so it's less demanding than WCW schedules. Which is kind of ironic because didn't Hall and Nash sign because of these less schedules? <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> what gets me is, okay, 12 shows per month, so that's... If you... Break that down. Yeah, ish. Yeah, yeah, twelve. Yeah, three shows a week. So, uh, TV taping and two house shows, or because I know they used to tape like three ECW on CNNs at a time. Right, and you, well, and you got to think, um, you know, one pay per view a month. So, hot, that like hot damn, dude. Like that's that's kind of a lot of wrestling in one month, but you know, whatever. But full medical coverage, I'm sure he took full advantage of that. Ugh. Last story here, ECW's upcoming Anarchy Rules pay-per-view will likely end up being the first ever $200,000 gate that the company has ever drawn. As of press time, over 5,000 tickets had already been sold, which is a company record. In the end... Oh, Nash- man, that many people like garbage. What made me laugh is 5,000 tickets is your record? Like, good lord. 200,000, dude. Uh, what's the math on that? I don't know. I can't, I, I can't even think. Like, what the hell was he charging for front row? Let's say 40 40 bucks a pop uh, average. Let's see. 200,000. You said 5,000 seats? Yeah. So it's 40, (laughs) yeah, 40 bucks a pop. I still got it. Cool. I can still do quick math in my head. Nice. Not that Uh, old. Nice. That's 40 bucks a pop. Okay. That's okay. Well, it should make you feel old to do math in your head because no kid nowadays can do math in their head. (laughs) (laughs) That's that common core, man. 
<sighs> but uh, in the end, they actually ended up selling 6,000 tickets and uh, had a $208,000 gate. So I, good for them, man. And wrestlers didn't get a dime, and all their checks still bounce. <laughs> right. And they got McDonald's coupons. Calm down. I mean, they were expired, but whatever. He tried. Yeah, but at least with those, you can rub the, the expiration date off. You know, the checks still won't clear. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. All right. Well, anyway, that does it for that. Keep those figures in mind, by the way, because we're going to talk about Fall Brawl and their figures here in a moment. But we're going to take our it's next figures, break. Those are the best. Yeah, right. Well, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're diving into Fall Brawl 1999. You've been warned. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do ever do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... K-A-S-T. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. We're back. And we're diving into Fall Brawl 1999. By the way, there are some people that will dispute you on the, the you saying the tell figures are the best, man. They'll say, you know, jacks or jazz wares are the best. Not even close. <laughs> yeah, I hate. Jazz, I, you know, jazz, uh, jacks, their scans were just horrible. Jazz wears some, some good signs of getting better, so I'll give them that. But man, no. Yeah, I... I keep in mind, jazz wears is, is an offspring of jacks, keep in mind, so they did evolve. But, like, yeah, there's no competition. Like right. I said, though, I mean, Jazz Wars is getting better. Like, quite a few of the figures have looked damn good. So, you know. 
Hey, if they ever come out with a Jazzwares figure of Paul White, I could potentially have a Jax, Jazzwares, and Mattel figure of Paul White. Oh, that's CM Punk, huh? Uh, I don't have a Jax figure of him. Oh, wait, yeah, I do. I forgot. I do have a, a random ass, like, uh, like Punk's ECW look of, of uh, Jax. And I have, like, three Mattel figures of him. Probably get you a couple hundred bucks for all those. We should talk later, but okay. <laughs> wow. I'm not all even right. joking. <laughs> well, uh, right now we're talking about September 12th, 1999, Fall Brawl. The tagline was Sting and Hogan Brawl for it all. The venue. The yes. Brawl for all. <laughs> yep. I missed that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Got to get that in there. Classic Hogan. Uh, but the venue, yet again, is the Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Apparently, that was just a fall brawl stomping ground because they were there in 96. I don't know about uh, 97 and 98. But anyway, the attendance for this one was 7,491. The pay-per-view buy rate was... Possible? Uh, this is a 14,407-seat multi-purpose arena. So, 5,000, huh? Uh, or four, they got, well, they got four, or sorry, uh, 7,491, so about half. So, that's uh, impressive, I guess, for 99. Yeah, not, you got a, you had a 50% house, man, damn, with Hogan and Sting on top. Well, the pay per view buy rate was, oh, over the other channel, you got The Rock and Austin and Triple H and, you know, it's not, you know, in 99, mind you. So Yeah, but this was this was shortly after Hogan's return to the red and yellow, wasn't it? Literally the next paper or the paper before this. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, this was I mean, this was kind of a big time, sort of. I don't know. But, yeah, business just sucked around this time. We'll get into it. Yeah, let's uh, let's, let's not overlook the fact that it's about to get worse. Yeah, but it, that's for another show. Right. <laughs> Uh, but the uh, the pay per view buy rate was point thirty five that amounted to one hundred and thirty thousand buys. Did you no, get this I, one? I was not one of. Well, I saw it on ye old scrambler. Not mine. <laughs> Make that clear. Yeah. Right. Hey, I you know I I only went to I only went to somebody's house who happened to have it on you know on the TV. Okay, I didn't do it. All right. I didn't see nothing. Well, I saw something, but I didn't do nothing. All right. Wow. <laughs> Had to wow. get it in. Uh, but this was the first fall brawl to not feature a War Games match. The show only drew 3,347 paid and a gate of 97,600. Wow. So what I just heard was ECW outdrew them. Yes. For comparison's sake, ECW's upcoming pay-per-view next week has already beaten that in both ticket sales and gate money. Pathetic. So maybe I shouldn't have laughed when I said Heyman thought himself on par with WCW. Uh, no, you should have laughed because he was actually above WCW. Yeah, that's the sad part. Uh, the last two fall brawls were sold out, by the way. This year, they gave away an additional 4,000 tickets and then moved fans from higher-up sections closer to the front so that the building would at least appear halfway full on camera. Oh, my gosh. This is um, sad. I, I really think that it's a lack of uh, war games because that was the staple of this event. Right. You got to imagine, like Sting came to the ring and he's looking around. He's like, "Is Jimmy Crockett back running this place?" <laughs> Jim Hurd. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, the show opens, by the way, without much fanfare. It was just a bit of pyro, and then the commentators I, talking. I'm shocked. Yeah. 
Uh, but the commentators talk about how tonight was all about if anybody, if anyone can trust anyone else. Well, who cares? <laughs> and, and I'll get into that point later on in the show. But barely you trust I, your fans to show up. <laughs> right. They pulled a uh, Chad Ochocinco there, or Chad Johnson, whatever the hell you want to call him, and uh, literally gave away 4,000 tickets. Yikes. Uh, well, this first match will will make you wonder right off the bat, why the hell did they have to give away tickets? Because it's, <laughs> it's a six-man tag. It's Vampiro and the Insane Clown Posse, Violent J and Shaggy 2-Dope. Oh, pause, because you know what? No matter what you say, you're not going to top that. Yeah, right. Uh, but they're taking on Eddie Guerrero and the filthy animals of Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh, this is a six-man tag, as I mentioned, that went a little over 14 minutes. This one takes two damn years to start going. I felt like the posturing just went on forever. By well, the way, everyone's got to dance to music and all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's... Yeah, right. Uh, by the way, who the hell said, you know what, ICP's in this match. We should have them go almost a quarter of an hour. <laughs> God, oh, Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero and Kidman are all amazing. Still, and I like uh, Vampiro, but uh, no. And Vamp- and they even pointed out on commentary, wow, uh, you'd figure Vampiro would be taking a lot of in-ring time, but, uh, you know, uh, ICP is actually wrestling quite a bit. Like, yeah, I've noticed. Uh, and, uh, look. Yeah. Uh, shout out, by the way, to, uh, you know, Violent J apparently has heart issues, which I didn't know about. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, apparently no longer doing anything as, you know, with uh, Two Dope for the ICP. So I guess his career is winding down. But anyway, uh, Tony Schiavone. I'm not Shivani, trying to be uh, funny, but I didn't know they were still doing stuff. But anyway, uh, Tony Schiavone makes Mike Tanay and Bobby Heenan geek out when he says that he used to have hair like Vampiro with the dreadlocks. Holy crap. And um, Tanae was like, you're just going to leave us hanging, huh? No pictures or nothing? He was like, nope, we're moving on. <laughs> but this match... moving here. <laughs> right. This match was a complete mess, by the way. Vampiro is too no. close. No. <laughs> uh, Vampiro is too close to Kidman for the Shooting Star Press, and Kidman damn near murdered Vampiro with a knee to the temple. Uh, Kidman pins him after that. Uh, he would do the same thing to Chavo in WWE, wouldn't he? Yes. Yeah, wasn't Chavo, like, twitching and crap, and they had to stretch his ass out? I think so, and then they go and turn it into a thing, too, or this is what he does now. Yeah, like, that that was a shoot, like, injury. I was, like, I was legit scared for Chavo when I saw that. I was like, holy cow, because you could tell it was real. Uh, Uncle Dave, by the way, this is why I texted you. I was like, were we watching the same effing show? He gave it three and a quarter stars. (laughs) I gave him I a star. Must, uh, the check must have cleared up. I know, right? Like, I didn't know he was uh, down with a clown, but whatever. He's got that, got that juggalo money, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he bought into Fago. <laughs> but anyway, I gave it a star and a half. Let's say you. I gave it one. I can't believe he gave it three. Three and a quarter stars. Okay, what the seriously, hell? what the hell would this have gotten in the Tokyo Dome? Yeah, eight. <laughs> uh, that blows my mind. It's just like, what the... But after the match, this was just plagued with injuries, man. Because after the match, Rey Mysterio had to be carried to the back. He apparently injured his knee when he was whipped into the guardrail. I know, shocking. Rey Mysterio injured. Uh, and Kidman's shooting star press legit broke Vampiro's nose. And he may have also broken his left eye socket. And you want to talk about another dude who was a walking injury. Vampiro. Uh, Play my know, damn music. 
Well, speaking of music, did you know he was signed to a contract with ICP's label and he was going to put out a rap album, but he lost his hearing so bad he couldn't hear the music? I feel like I heard someone joke one time about that. Yeah. like that was legit. Anyway, uh, next, a guy named Chad Diabani from WCW.com is interviewing the Revolution. He asks if they can get a clean sweep tonight, and Saturn says that they guarantee it before they all walk off. What I wanted to know You're was where's Moppy? Wow, I don't like that we both went there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the only thing I care about here. Where the hell's the mop? He didn't uh, shoot on that dude on heat yet. Yeah, right. I like how that made it so they just buried his ass. They kind of did, but I think that thing was like super over by accident, so... <laughs> yeah, because people love to laugh at it, but yeah. But uh, in the play-up for the next match, we can see that Lenny Lane and Lodi have basically become the ambiguously gay duo. Like, they're not saying they're gay, but they're making it super obvious, looking there like they're... There was a thing on Nitro where they literally were talking and giggling like a teenage couple, and they came out of the thing... It was a closet... But it was, labeled, it was labeled closet, and they came out of it. Of this, course. This really well, happened. Because you got to make it really, like, you you got to shove it down their throats. Like, do you get it? Do you get the joke? They're gay. Swerve, uh, no, spoiler, at the end, huge swerve, but they weren't gay. They were brothers. There they were go. brothers? Yeah, that was the end of the whole thing. Oh, that makes it creepy. Like, what I, the I don't, I don't, I didn't do it. This is what happened. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but I said that they basically look like kinksters at a Pride Month event. Wow. Don't they? I mean, they've got, like, colorful scrunchies and, well, uh, Lenny has colorful scrunchies in his hair. They're, like, they just paint themselves with glitter. They're wearing highlighter colors and, uh, I don't know. I like that you're repainting the picture because... Yeah, just, well, if anybody doesn't want to watch this, but, you know, it's like, I'm giving you all a visual here, all right, so you know what I'm talking about. And before anyone says anything, this is real. Oh, yeah. Uh, why would you make this up? But this is Lenny def with Lodi defending his cruiserweight title against Kaz Hayashi in 12 minutes. Uh, as can be expected, there's a lot of, look at me, I'm super obviously a homosexual spots done with Lenny, you know, where he's... Lenny's okay. literally, like, rubbing him and humping him. and This is the first time I'm going to say this to the show. Russo's not running things yet. Nope. Okay? Let's make yeah. that clear. See, I always thought, in my mind, this was a Russo thing. But it's not. I and think like, his thing, if I remember correctly, his thing was making them actually brothers. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, bro, like... It's fine that you're gay and that we're shoving it down people's throats, bro, but what, what, what's going to make this super, uh, like, we got to come up with a super creepy end to the storyline, bro. How's it going to end and make and be, like, super awkward for everybody, bro? I get it. You're related. You're actually brothers, bro. So it's super weird when you're rubbing each other down, bro. What the hell? By the way, you can uh, tell. It's, what's, what's funny is that's probably exactly how it went. Yeah, I'm sure it was. By the way, you can see Lodi is, like, uh, balding here. I want to just say, by the way, you know, we got super off topic. I don't think um, Lenny Lane was a bad wrestler. No, he didn't I don't suck. Think he right? ever got anything because oh, you know, wasn't his whole thing to begin with that he looked like Chris Jericho? Yeah, that was the thing. He used to come out with his hair like him, and he was he came out as him with the cruiserweight title on because Jericho was quote busy. And he was holy like, cow! Know, 
kind of like an early version of Damien Sandow as the stunt double. Good lord. Uh, but in the end, Lenny uh, wins with the skull-crushing finale. I, I don't know what the hell he called it. Uh, Uncle Dave claims... It wasn't changing lanes, was it? I don't know. They didn't say. It might, that, would, that would be clever. But... I think that's what it was called. Don't quote me on that, though. But... Well, Uncle Dave claims this was the best match of the of the entire show, but neither man is taken seriously by WCW, so it's not like it matters. Okay. Um, I mean, it didn't have a lot of competition, but I don't know if I'd agree with him. He gave this three and three quarter stars. I gave it two. Say <laughs> you. I gave it two, but he might be on. He might be on to something on the best match in the card. But this is this again is where I texted you and I was like, what show is he watching? Or is he just like super? This was 99. So as far as I know, weed was not legal yet in California. No, I don't think he can't legal until 2016, 17, something like that. So, I mean, it doesn't mean he wasn't smoking it, but it just means it wasn't legal, I guess. So, I mean, he could have been super high watching this. I, like, He's not funny or does anything like that. So he doesn't smoke weed. In fact, I would argue that if you smoke weed, he might be a little more tolerable. Yeah, it might uh, chill him out and make him normal. I don't know. <sighs> but in the ring, Mean Gene Oakland introduces his guest, Sting, to the to uh, come out to the ring. Which is still happening to this very day, folks. <laughs> uh, yeah, not with Mean Gene, but yeah. Uh, Sting says that Lex Luger is really close to losing his friendship. Oh, no. And that... Uh, he doesn't have any issues uh, with... Now, Sting me, Sting's friendship might mean something, though. Yeah, I know, but it's just... I'm talking I, about I like, Joe Schmo here. I know, I just like how that's a threat in, in a wrestling promo. I'm really close to not being friends with you anymore. Like, oh no! But anyway, he says he doesn't have any issues with Hulk Hogan until their match tonight. Oh, well, that's good. When, when Okinawa asks Sting what he thinks about potentially being the nine-time WCW champion tonight, uh, Sting grabs the mic and says that he's back, back in black, and it's showtime tonight. Cool. Uh, my biggest note for this is, why is this segment happening on a pay-per-view? This is like a Nitro segment. I literally have that written down, too. Like, like, was I watching pointless. a pay-per-view or an episode of Nitro? Yeah. Um, my only thought is, I don't remember off the top of my head, my only thought is maybe a match got canceled or something and they need to fill some time. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like, my thing was like, dude, why are you going to kill the pop for the main event by bringing Sting out now? Like, because by the main event, they're like, ah, oh, we already seen him. I don't know, I just think that's stupid. Because they're going somewhere completely more idiotic with the main event, dude. Okay. But I know, oh, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. I can you know, excuse the hell out of me, yeah. <laughs> But up next, we've got the first family of Brian Nobbs and Hugh Morris, who I don't know what the hell he's doing now, but he acts like he's got issues. I don't know how else to describe it. Real quick, uh, I heard Brian Nobbs is doing better. What happened with him? I had a bunch of problems with his knee. I think some breathing issues. Oh, hell. Something like that. But they say he's doing better. Oh, well, that's good. He kicked out. That's that's good. Uh, but yeah. So he's it's too uh, nasty to die, dude. Yeah, right. Uh, Brian, but uh, it's Brian Knobs and the Hugh Morris of the first family with Jimmy Hart in their corner. They're taking on the revolution of Shane Douglas and Dean Malenko. This is a no disqualification match that went nine and a half minutes. This one gets jump started right away with all four men brawling from uh, even before the opening bell. I feel like this had like, I don't know, man. I feel like I had two birthdays during this damn match. <laughs> like 
<laughs> it didn't suck, but it, I don't know. It just felt like it was way longer than nine and a half minutes. Maybe because they just didn't care. I don't know. In the end, Morris pins Malenko after hitting the no laughing matter. Uh, Uncle Dave which, gave... Which he can do, and Violent J can't. Oh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Dave gave this three quarters of a star. See, he couldn't even give this a whole star. I at least gave it two and a half. I thought it was average. Say you. I gave it two. It was okay. Yeah. So... I don't think I'll ever rate a Dean Malenko match less than one, or less than two. Right. Well, you gotta... You gotta let me know here. Maybe, maybe you can fill me in. What the hell is up with Hugh Morris at this time? He's walking around, like, looking like Festus. I don't know. They never explained it. Yeah. But I do know like, he's about to... I mean, they're about to become the MIA, obviously, and... Yeah. He, say, that's the thing is, like, all four of them were not... Util- or was it five of them? Yeah, was, I don't know, remember who Chavo, Lash LaRue, and... Major Guns. Major Guns and, oh, and, and Stash, uh, Van Hammer. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That, that was their thing. They And then AWOL joined later. That was their thing. And they were being <laughs> UIs, and they were dressing up like um, Army because they were like gorillas, and they were just going to do whatever they wanted. Stuff like that. Yeah. And then so they carry around squirt guns. Yes. <laughs> uh, or, excuse me, not just regular squirt guns. It was, uh, uh, crap. Help me out, heroes. Yeah, it was crap. Grand. You're right. Wow. Uh, was, super Soaker. Yeah, Super Soaker. Yeah. That was it, man. But what was not it was up next. It was Rick Steiner. Oh, God. Def- it was Rick Steiner defending the WCW World Television title against Perry Saturn in about nine and a half minutes. These guys suplexed and beat the crap out of each other. In the end, Steiner wins with a diving bulldog. Uncle Dave gave it two stars. I give it two and a half again for average. What say you? I gave it one. I hated this. I got bored. I hated it at first, and then I ended up getting into it as it went on, so I don't know. It was okay, I thought. I didn't give, like, I don't know, Rick Steiner, I I was like, I feel like I should really care about him. I just don't. And then that damn bell had to ring, and I was like, I really don't give a damn about you. I mean, the only thing I really liked is that, you know, he was from Michigan University, but that's about it. Oh, my gosh. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. Like, no wonder I didn't like him. <laughs> but backstage, me two-time All-American, man, liked it so much, went back and did it again. Good lord, it's part of the song. Go look it up. Wow. But uh, backstage, me and Gene Okerlund standing by with Hulk Hogan. Okerlund is asking Hogan if he can be trusted tonight, and Hogan says that he swore to his kids and that he's not running on the wrong side of the law again. Hogan says that Sting can trust him tonight not to stab him in the back and screw him over. Uh, here's where I put the note. I don't get this storyline. Sting and Hogan are opponents, so who cares if they can trust each other? Because Luger was playing the seeds there. Yeah, but who cares? Again, they're opponents. What's, I don't know. What's the logic of the match, dude? I don't... Just shut up and accept it. This was so... Bad. I don't know. I was just like, and that was like the whole uh, thing. Let's just say it once again, Russo's not there yet. Okay. Yeah. More on that later. It's but necessary to say it, that every time you say something bad about the show, because folks, it's gonna get worse. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh uh, well. Hey. Uh, speaking of which, up next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've got the worst match of the night. It's not even debatable. It's Berlin with the Wall. Although Berlin I don't think... Wall. Ha ha ha. I get it. 
Uh, I don't think he was called the Wall yet because they were on commentary. They acted like they didn't know his name, so I don't think they officially named him the Wall yet. Uh, who is Donald Trump's favorite wrestler, by the way? Wow. <laughs> but Berlin is taking on David Colby Covington. Man, those, those are his guys. Good lord. But uh, Berlin is taking on Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hell yes. You heard me right. Uh, this one went about eight minutes. It's 1999, and we're getting it's too long. (laughs) It's 1999, and we're getting a Jim Effin Duggan match, taking on an anti-American German, might I add. For people that don't know, Berlin is Alex Wright, but he cut his hair into some like V-shaped, like uh, mohawk-type thing, dyed it jet black, and then he's got like a a Fu Manchu or some crap that he also dyed jet black, and he's wearing tights, and he called himself Berlin. And he couldn't stand all of you stupid Americans. And apparently he only spoke German in his promos. And... Oh, Dust Wonderkin spoke English, but yes. Yeah, right. And uh, the worst thing was in his original like build-up package and like vignettes and stuff, they had like footage of Nazis marching. And then they were like, somebody pulled like the, the warning on this one. They're like, what the hell? Do you seriously have like Nazis in your videos, and then like WCW was like, "Oops!" Like, why is this the second time you have to be told don't make Nazi references? I feel this is a good point in the show to throw in something. Should we say it again? Vince <laughs> Russo's not there yet. <laughs> For those that are wondering, what was the other time that they had to be told? Was back in '95 they had Jeep Swenson and they called him the Final Solution, which was what Hitler called his plan to exterminate the Jews. I, yeah, so, you know, so they... Would it be, I don't I don't know. I'm just going to spitball here. Would it be safe to assume that this was Kevin Sullivan? That was Sullivan, yeah. This, I don't know. I, I really don't know who's... I think it might have been Sullivan here, too. Might have been. Brother. And I say my first note about this was, Mother of God, this one is sloppy as all hell. It looked like neither man could communicate with each other. Well, you know, because Berlin was speaking German. Uh, the, uh... The crowd was clearly bored to tears. Berlin was visibly shaking his head in frustration at one point. Did you catch that? I, I saw him doing it. I just thought that's what he does. Well, he like, well, it was after they effed up quite a few spots, and then he just like grabbed a hold, and he's just sitting there just like shaking his head with this look on his face like, son of a... Like, you could well, tell he was pissed. Look, I, I know some people love the guy. Maybe I did when I was a kid. But it's not like he was in there wrestling Kurt Angle or something. Okay. No, Duggan sucks, man. Just like, yeah, as a kid, I thought he was awesome, and he always got big pops in the '90s. Uh, well, not the late '90s. Nobody gave a damn about him here, but uh, yeah, he sucks, man. Every time he comes out now, I'm just like, oh god. Uh, but the wall flat out tackles Jim Duggan outside of the ring at one point, and the ref just kind of like slightly looks to the side, like, oh, but I'm not supposed to see this. <laughs> right. <laughs> just like, yeah. what the hell? Berlin wins. Well, like all the referees do. Right. Uh, Berlin wins with a hanging, a hangman's neckbreaker. Uncle Dave says that the real story about this is that Buff Bagwell apparently complained about doing the job for Berlin, so they took him off of the match. Duggan only found out a few minutes before the match that they wanted him to fill in, so he had to rush to get into his gear, and uh, he had nothing planned. It all fell apart, and this was a cluster F of a match because they weren't on the same page. Who was it supposed mean, to be? Buff. I didn't know that. 
which makes sense because they kept talking all night about, well, he, you know, Buff, Buff is it. But it's like, was it really a few minutes or was it from the beginning of the show? Because they kept playing up from almost go. They're like, well, Buff is supposed to be here, but I, you know, we haven't seen him all day in the building. So, so that's two times now I can think of at a fall brawl where they need someone to fill in and it turns out to be Duggan. <laughs> because he debuted at Fall Brawl and took Austin's U.S. title. Oh, yeah. Who was he filling in for? Ricky Steamboat, uh, I think. Oh, gosh. Yeah, because that's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one was because Steamboat was hurt, right? I think he was legitimately hurt, yeah. I don't think he ever wrestled again, honestly, until WrestleMania 25. I could yeah. be wrong on that, but that's the next time I saw him wrestle. Yeah, right. I believe so. Uh, that is correct. And the dude looked like he didn't lose a damn step, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he looked good regardless, but he especially looked good in there compared to the other guys he was up and, against. And it was Chris Jericho, too, don't forget, so. Right. Uh, but Uncle Dave gave this negative one star. I gave it a star. I almost gave it negative as well. What say you? <laughs> yeah, it was bad, dude. <laughs> this sucks so much ass. And backstage, we see Buck Hey, by the way, I think that Alex Wright was an underrated wrestler. Not because of this. Don't get me wrong. I just oh, mean yeah, in the was... grand scheme. I thought he was damn good. But oh yeah, he was great. And according to Tony Schiavone, he had a low key big hog. So, well, well those German dudes are jacked. <laughs> well, he kept. Anytime they watch old old uh like footage on or you know old WCW stuff on Tony Schiavone's podcast, and Alex Wright's on there. You know, he'll mention his low-key big hog, and Conrad's like, why are you looking? He was like, it's just, it's right there. It's like, man, put that thing away, Alex. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> he, he's like, it's just oh, hanging Conrad, out there. Why are you looking? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but backstage, we see Buff Bagwell arguing with Mike Graham, as Graham tells Buff that he never drew a dime. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but he tells Buff that he missed his match. Apparently, he was supposed to face off with Berlin. So Buff runs out, and he tries to hug Duggan, but Duggan shoves him off. Now I'm wondering if that was a shoot. Like, Duggan was like, F you, dude. That's pretty sad when, like, Duggan, like, more than paid his dues. And then it's like, hey, uh, this guy doesn't want to do a job. Duggan, you get out there and do it. Like, seriously? Yep. <sighs> Whatever. It doesn't get much better from this, people. Uh, the next match, I mean, it does get better, but only slightly. The next match is the West Texas Rednecks of Barry and Kendall Windham. They've got Kurt Hennig in their corner. They're defending the WCW World Tag Team titles against Harlem Heat, Booker T, and Stevie Ray. This is this match went about 13 minutes. This match was played up to be, like, great and historic, but it was a big nothing burger for me, and the crowd was virtually silent for the whole match yet again. Like, they just seemed like all you could hear in the crowd was, like, chit-chat throughout the whole night. Like, they hardly ever popped for anything. Well, it's not like many of them were paying to be there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, hey, I was given this ticket. I just, like, I came in off the streets. I just wanted a warm place to sit for a while. Uh, but there was a blown false tag spot where the referee tried telling Stevie Ray to get back in his corner, but Stevie completely blew the ref off because this wasn't a finish, so the dickless referee had to just let it go. Uh, in the end, the ref just... <laughs> what? I, didn't catch, I didn't catch that part. Yeah, because I mean, trying, I, probably, I mean, I watched the match. I mean, I must have just not caught that that was going on. Right. Well, because the ref, because he makes a false tag, the referee runs up. He's like, "Whoa, no, you got to get out!" He's trying to tell him, and Stevie just like shoves him aside and keeps going. And the referee's like starting to count, and he realizes Stevie's ignoring him. He's like, "F it," and he just ignores him. Wow, that's a precursor to AEW tag matches. Anyway, tag wrote my ass. 
the hell? But in the end, the referee is distracted when Hennig clocks Stevie Ray with a cowbell in the back, real sentence, and Kendall pins him, but the referee was still distracted, so Kendall gets up and turns around, and Booker T missile drop kicks him for the pin and the win. Uncle Dave gives it, or gives it a half a star. I at least give it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it two. Uh, I love Harlem Heat. Um, <laughs> the end of this match, though, dude, did you see when, when they won, there was some, like, white guy with a cowboy hat. He was wearing overalls. He was, like, in the fifth row, and he was throwing a fit. <laughs> what? <laughs> his hands were, like, up in the air. They were on his head, and he looked like he was, like, legit pissed, dude. <laughs> He's like, damn it, Rednecks, how dare you let them beat you? <laughs> oh, it was funny here. Like, hey, the- <laughs> it's okay to be a fan of it, but good Lord, man. It's like someone like someone like someone kidnapped his kid or something. <laughs> He's like, hot damn, rap is crap. <laughs> oh man. Well, coming also, up is uh, the whole West Texas redneck. When you think about it, I know I'm stating the obvious, but that was just their way of creating like a race war, right? Without saying black and white. If you really think about it, they uh, only feuded with white people. Yeah, and I, I guess when that- people got wise to it, they added Vincent. Yeah, curly bill. I don't think it was supposed to be a race thing. I think it just kind of ended up that way. Uh, I mean, because Bischoff no, I mean, talked about it. Yeah, right, that, but you think about it, they only feuded with with what, Harlem Heat and the, and the No Limit Soldiers. I know that was the unfortunate uh, thing about it. Um, but I mean, and I buy Bischoff's explanation for this because he said this was Kurt Angle or Kurt Angle, gosh, Kurt Hennig in real life, and he really wanted to do something like this with his buddies. And I, uh, and I'm not saying it was a racist thing. I don't think it was at all. Well, I just they think said, it was this unfortunate how it came off. Right. Well, and he said the you know the obvious uh, opponents for him were the rap group of uh, No Limit Soldiers. But yeah, it's just weird that it goes from them to Harley. I just see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like out there. It's just funny but that like, in the play. I, I, in watching this though, I just thought to myself like, wow, they only feuded with black wrestlers. It's kind of hard to ignore that. <laughs> yep. Well, it's, it's funny you, in the play of packages you can hear like Booker T. He's like. Rednecks, we coming for them titles. <laughs> and you, oh get, you get Spring Stampede uh, 97 flashbacks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. See if anyone uh, remembers that, by the way. I'm not going to touch that, but, you know. Uh. Yeah, right. <laughs> by the way, uh, the I think the follow-up to – no, it was before this was um, Road Wild, right? The month before this? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so – now in the archives, go check out, uh, we covered... The final match on. ever for Kevin Nash, right? Because he lost his career that night and had to retire, oh, right? Yeah, right? And, you know, loser takes a long vacation match. Huh. So there you go. <laughs> anyway. Again, uh, now in the archives. Right. But up next, the video for the next match shows that Sid Vicious was on a supposed winning streak of 79 and 0, where he... Yeah, just... this was their thing, because he was going to be the Millennium Man and not lose. Right, yeah, he was going to stay on that winning streak into the new century or a uh, new millennium, whatever. But uh, where he'd been pulling a Goldberg, basically, and running through guys in less than a minute, and even winning a few handicap matches. So, yeah. And, dude, Sid was still kind of over in 99. I think eventually they would realize that people weren't booing him, so he becomes a face. Yeah. But right. that's a different... That's a whole different episode, though, but yeah. I remember he wins the WCW... Is it the WCW title, or... That he, that he wins? He wins the WCW title, and then, uh, well, sorry, Benoit wins it from him in a tournament. 
but he leaves WCW effectively as the champion. And then Sid wins it. Well, because what I'm thinking of is he got stripped of it on the reboot episode. Right. That's in April, April. 2000. So. Right. Yeah, because I just remember then he's a babyface and Eric Bischoff drops the smarky line of, what's the matter, Sid? You don't have your scissors? And then, like, nobody gave a damn about that line, so he repeated it. Still nobody gave a damn about that line. They're like, dude, that's for internet insiders. Like, shut up. And it was weird that it was Bischoff saying it. I think he was just trying to fit in with Russo. Odd as that (laughs) sounds. He was trying to make nice. But this match Bro, mention the scissors, bro. People will go crazy, bro. Bro, remember that time when he almost killed a guy, bro? (laughs) (sighs) This next match is Chris Benoit defending the WCW United States Heavyweight title against Sid Vicious uh, in just under 12 minutes. This is the second title match between them we've reviewed, by the way. The other one is sold out 2000, now in the archives. Uh, This one may have been the best match thus far, in my opinion. It was one of Sid's best, but not a great one for Benoit, so take that for what you will. In the end, Benoit misses the swan dive headbutt, Sid hits a powerbomb, and then makes the pin for the win. Uncle Dave gives it two and a quarter stars. I give it two and a half. What say you? I actually gave it two. Yeah. What do you think? Good? Not good? It was okay, but I think their sold-out match was way better. That's part of my problem with watching some of these like this, because I'm like, eh, it's hard to rate this as this, because I know what they're capable of. Right. And Uncle it's Dave really not dro- fair, but, you know, that's just where my mind goes. Uncle Dave dropped the line of, he said, well, Chris Benoit joins that rare company with Shawn Michaels of the two guys who got a good match at a Sid Vicious. <laughs> it's like, ah, all right, and I'll say this. You and I have both stated we're big Sid fans, but he was never a great wrestler. <laughs> No. He just had it. So. Sometimes that's uh, all you need, dude. Yep. But all right. Oh, yeah, I'm still a huge fan of his to this day. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd, I'd pop to see him. Uh, before the next match, Diamond Dallas Page comes out and grabs a mic. Diamond Dallas, white trash. Good lord. Uh, but DDP comes out, he grabs a mic, and he says that he's the greatest two time WCW champion of all time. Goldberg can come out, Aaron, come on and find out. I don't. No, that's a thing. I'm the greatest two-time champion. So there's better three-time champions, better four-time. Yeah, uh, it's like, is that a crowded field? I don't know. Isn't Dusty Rose a two-time champion? I don't think he won it that many times. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, he well, he's a multi-time champion. I know that, but uh, I in I mean I think he's a multi-time NWA champion. I don't. I don't yeah, think that's ever right. held that's, that's what I mean. I think that to me that. When you go back and we see that we tell history, that's where it goes. So to me, that is right. Yeah, the big gold and whatnot. Uh, oh, well, the I, international title. Get it right, you idiot. But this match is Diamond Dallas Page versus Goldberg. About nine minutes. The hottest the crowd has been all night is for Goldberg. By the way, they actually blow the roof off for him. DDP uses cheap shots oh, and Goldberg weapons. Sucks. He can draw a dime. No, yeah, right. Look, if you don't like him now. Fine, I get it, whatever. But if somebody says he's always sucked and never drew, whatever, that's just dumb. Like, that's just really, really dumb. But anyway, uh, DDP uses cheap shots and weapons and psychological warfare on Goldberg all match. Canyon and Bam Bam Bigelow, who were uh, the other members of the Jersey Triad, they even get involved behind the referee's back. And even once, basically, right in front of the damn dickless referee. So that's just like an ongoing thing all night. 
How this, do they know he's dickless, by the way? This man has no dick. <laughs> <laughs> that is Walter Peck, excuse me. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, but Goldberg's neck got cut, by the way, from a glass bowl that Canyon hit him with at one point. Uh, that's what? a bad foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell, by the way, multiple times in WCW, they've used random-ass glass bowls. Because they got a discount somewhere. Where do you think they got that discount at? Uh, glass bowls are us. I don't know. But yeah, and uh, Goldberg took Bigelow and Canyon down before finally winning with a spear jackhammer combo on DDP. Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. What say you? I gave it two and a half only because I know what these two are capable of from Halloween Havoc 1998 to the prior year. So. Right, yeah, this was not anywhere near as good, but it was all right. The glass bowl thing still bothers me, though. It's like, what the, like, why? Like, on multiple occasions. And it wasn't like the same dude, so you can be like, oh, well, that's their gimmick. I think Elizabeth used it one time, Canyon here. I think there was another time, and I was just like, wow, okay. It still bothers you. Well, you know, because glass bowls are frequently just left under the ring, right? Or in the back, or whatever. Maybe they. Should... I don't. I don't know what the hell you don't get about this, but yeah. Man, my my reasoning was that was the last thing they saw when leaving catering, and they're like, "I'll hit him with this." It's not ECW, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, the build-up package. Well, actually, before we get into all the main event stuff, let's take our second to last break. When we come back, we're gonna get into the main event. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. And we're back. The build-up package for the main event shows us that Lex Luger has been trying to convince Sting that Hulk Hogan was driving the infamous white Hummer that kept taking people out. Uh, this. I, when did this first debut? Do you remember the white Hummer thing? 
I know it was on Sting. And I I remember I don't remember like the exact date, but I do remember thinking it was Kevin Nash. I think I want to say it was after Hog Wild. I remember vividly watching it, thinking I had it pegged. It was Nash. That's that was my thinking. And the thing is, they use that white Hummer like multiple times, and that's one of those WCW things. That, like, it, it never had a finish. Which is really weird because that never happens in WCW. <laughs> yeah, right. Like they never, and I think Conrad even asked Eric Bischoff because he was the one started. He was like. Okay, who was the driver of the White Hummer? Do you even know? And he's like, I don't, I don't even think we had a. He's like, it was one of them. We're gonna do this, and we'll figure it out later, kind of things. And we never figured it out. But uh, anyway, he also tried to convince Sting that Hogan was a scam artist, and that he's constantly working against Sting. I actually have that bandana shirt combo that Hogan has at this time. My mom randomly bought it for me off of eBay one time for a birthday. But speaking of outfits, I want to know what the actual hell Michael Buffer is wearing here. Did you, you you don't like him looking like that? That effing shirt, dude. I was like, where the F did you find that thing? Well, he is probably uh, running late, so he went to the North Carolina Goodwill? outlet. outlet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, good grief. That, it's just ridiculous. But before the opening bell, Bret Hart randomly comes out to wish both men luck, and then he just walks to the back. Okay, I guess to establish he's there. But yeah, because um, he was gone after Owen had passed. And I think this is a big. I'm coming back. Ah, okay, that makes sense. But anyway, uh, this is Hulk Hogan defending the WCW World Heavyweight Title against Sting in just shy of 15 and a half minutes. Uh, this match basically seems like every Hogan Sting match ever. Hogan's doing a bit less heel stuff, but it's all pretty much the same. DDP actually rushes out near the end, and he knocks out the referee before hitting the diamond cutter uh, on Hogan and dragging Sting on top of him. Uh, for the near fall, DDP hits the diamond cutter on the referee now, and Bret Hart comes out, attacks DDP, and then Sid Vicious and Lex Luger run in, and they get taken out by Hogan. Luger and has uh, uh, Luger had handed Sting his black baseball bat, and after some waiting around and stalling, Sting beats down Hogan with the bat, knocking him down. He walks in the uh, Scorpion Death Lock, and as the ref, the new referee now says that he's passed out, awarding the match to Sting. Uncle Dave gives us a star and a half. I give it two and a half for average. What say you? Uh, I gave it two, but man, it's like I remember watching this. I'm like, why the hell did they make Sting bad? What yeah. the hell sense did any of that make? Right. Yeah, it's just... Because weird. honestly, I don't think the fans ever started booing him. Maybe a couple here and there, but like, that was still Sting, dude. I feel like they they thought that they needed some big-time heels since Hogan was face again and Nash was and they gone. Sting? I guess. I, I don't know, man. His heel runs were weird. But... Uh, after the show, Eric Bischoff was effectively fired from WCW. Technically, he was, or he, uh, was reassigned to a new position in the Turner organization, but make no bones about it, he was fired. Uh, a number of issues led to Bischoff's firing, including numerous bad deals, falling TV ratings, declining attendance, and poor pay-per-view buy rates, among others. WCW was temporarily... They haven't, they haven't even tipped the sore with bad pay-per-view buy rates yet, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. 
Uh, WCW is temporarily being run by Bill Bush, who was a WCW executive and has been promoted to Bischoff's former position of executive vice president. TV producer Craig Leathers has the final say on creative decisions and booking. the booking committee is in the same or is the same as it has been. The booking committee is actually Kevin Nash, Dusty Rhodes, and uh, Kevin Sullivan. Mm. There you go. But yeah, so that's the end of the show, man. Uh, I guess we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we are going to get into the final ratings and tell you what's to come on next week's podcast right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. And yeah, we're back. Final time of the show. IMDb gives this 6.2 out of 10. I, or excuse me, cagematch.net rates it 4.45 out of 10. I give it 6.5 out of 10 for D. What say you? I, I gave it a solid F. This paper you sucked. Yeah, it wasn't good. I'll say that. Uh, I can't even fake it. It's just it, yuck. Well, no, that whole thing was a prom night flashback. <laughs> what the hell? All I, all I heard was I can't fake it and yuck. I mean, it's two different things. Keep in mind, but uh, anyway, sorry. Holy freaking cow! Uh, I don't even know where to go uh, with that one, but yeah. Either way, um. <laughs> Next week, man, uh, we're going to bring you something a lot better next week. And we're going back to the WWF again. We keep switching back and forth, WCW to WWE. This one is at least from the new millennium. We're getting out of the 90s now. And we're going to review a show that is, uh, well, it's going to be 20 years old this this month. And mm. it's dropping the day after my birthday. I will be uh, 31 years old. So, uh, yay me. I, I ain't saying anything. I ain't your birthday, so nice try. Yeah, right. But uh, we, for my birthday, we're going to be reviewing WWE, or excuse me, WWF, Unforgiven 2001. This is the technically the third match of the Invasion, or pay-per-view. Oh, I guess it is the third. I guess it's not technically at all. Okay. Yeah. So, what did it, was it uh, SummerSlam, Invasion? Invasion and itself, this? yeah. And then, that's it. Or Invasion, uh, SummerSlam, this, yeah. Oh, okay. And then we get uh, that was my first, series after that was this. my first SummerSlam I was ever at. Uh, nice. No, No Mercy comes after this, and then Survivor Series. 
Um, in hindsight, when you think about it, the invasion is not that long, dude. If right, you want to count yeah. King of the Ring when it kind of starts, that's when Booker T arrives to Survivor Series, and that's it. Yeah, I think yeah we had talked about that before. It didn't go. It didn't it really in retrospect was what seven eight months something like. That. Oh, not even that. June, June, July, August, September, October, five and a half months. Hot damn! Yeah. Wow, they could have rode that that thing out for a while, and then they were just like, nope, it's dead. Uh, but anyway, yeah, for my uh, for my birthday week, man, we're we're it's a double main event week, so we get two shows, or you guys get two shows. We're bringing you. And we're going to Extreme Rules that week. I believe, uh, right? Uh, right after? Mm, yeah. Yep. Uh, the 21st. Yeah, we're going within that week. It's going to be the 26th, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, yay. Happy birthday to me. We get a, a lot I've of not hung out with you since uh, Star Series 19. It's 2019, right? Yep. So it's been, <laughs> been, almost, uh, been almost two years. But, uh, yeah, for double main event week, man, on Wednesday, like I said, WWF Unforgiven 2001. And the bonus show, freaking bonus, we're bringing you Vince Russo runs WCW into the ground. Into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> this one is going to be, because we can't, in an hour and a half, which we like to keep the show to, we can't do justice to his entire run in WCW. There's just no way. So what we're going to do, we're going to... As of now, unless uh, I feel like I need more material for the show. Uh, I, I don't think material on Vince Russo is hard to come by, so you'll be fine. Right. But as of right now, we're going to be covering the period of when he takes over after Halloween Havoc this year, 1999, to when he first takes his ball and goes home to cry, bro. And that's January? Uh, I think so. And uh, that's when he sold out is either his, I want to say sold out is either his last show or he leaves right before it's. Something around sold out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that probably. So, uh, I, I, I. Don't worry, I we'll have all think, the facts ready when we go. <laughs> yeah, right. I think I remember that note from our, uh, sold out 2000 show, if I remember correctly. So I'll have to go back and check the notes. But you guys can go back in the archives, check that out to prepare yourself. And if you want more 1999 and WCW, which, you know, who, who wouldn't? <laughs> you can go hey, check out. Hey, it's still better than 2000 WCW, right? Yeah, but what's that saying? But, Not a lot. I'm saying there's an out. Yep. I mean, you can go back and check that out now uh, in the archives. We cover the show right before this, like we talked about, the very last Road Wild from 1999. That was, um, well, it was not a good one. That one sucked. <laughs> but uh, we made it entertaining. There were some things to laugh at. Uh, eh, whatever. And like I said, there was a loser gets time off match as the main event. So there's always that. And then just to close out the, the month of September, our very last show of the month on the 29th, we are talking about TNA Unbreakable 2005. I think this was the la the first and last Unbreakable until just a couple of years ago. They brought the name back. Uh, I think it was a couple of months ago, honestly, actually. Yeah, they had one a couple of uh, they had one last year or the year before. I want to say it was the year before they started using the name again. So I was like, oh, they dug that one up, huh? But yeah, this uh, this Unbreakable was really good. This is the one that we talked about features the infamous uh, triple threat between AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Samoa Joe. The greatest triple threat match of all time. I won't even hesitate to say that. And you think it's well, I, I'm I'm with you. It's at least one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. Not just triple threats, but just matches. Period. I sometimes argue that it is the greatest match ever. 
I'm still partial to Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, but uh, there is a definite argument to be made for this one. But all right, man, uh, that one does it. I'm uh, man, I, I'm kind of glad to be done with this <laughs> this one. Like I said, I didn't know what the show had on it until I booked it, and then I'm like, mother of God. But hey, it's out of the way, and there were plenty. There was plenty of news to talk about, and a lot of you tuned in just for the news. Just so. rip the bandaid off, man. That's all. Yep. Hey, we got to talk about ICP a lot, so you know we're lucky us, man. We're blessed. Hashtag blessed. This episode of ICP drugs. Uh, I think there's yeah. some death in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Some you know, uh, 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 somebody getting sued for assault. You know, I mean. <laughs> Hey, we ran the gamut on this one, man. The only thing we didn't talk about technically was porn, although we did talk about a couple people who went on to do porn. So there you go. Hey, you know, we, we hit the we hit the main event marks bingo. We'll see you next week, ladies and gents, for our uh, well, our double main event week. I'm excited for this one. I've been wanting to talk about our bonus show for a while. You're excited, man. Don't my nipples. Got one more in. We'll see you next week for double main event week. It's Unforgiven 2001, and Vince Russo runs WCW into the ground. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details.